Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the backstory, plus plenty of life and business lessons along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, this episode is brought to you by my very own NLP practitioner course. I've been teaching neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP, for nearly 15 years. It is the most powerful tool for communication on the planet, and it can be yours today. For a very limited time, I'm giving away my entire NLP course workbook for free. Go to nlpwithmatt.com. All the patterns, all the tools, and the techniques of NLP in the complete course workbook, the same one that we use to teach our live certification classes, yours free. NLPwithmatt.com. Get it today. Let's get back to the show. Hey, what's going on? Welcome back, my friends. Welcome to The Driven Entrepreneur. And this week is a very, very special week. Look, it's always a special week when you're tuning in and listening to this show, but there's a special reason right now because we are on the radio. We are on demand on every podcast platform. And if you're listening to this live or you're listening to this on one of the on-demand platforms, there is a science behind the entrepreneur vision for these platforms. And, you know, I love it. This has been my world for the last several years now. And I have joining me um, really someone who's become one of my dearest friends in this whole industry. And she is calling in from all the way across the world right now, or she's been living in beautiful uh, New South Wales, Australia, outside of Sydney. Um, we have an international number one best-selling author, motivational speaker, intuitive business coach. And one of the most important uh, things about what we're going to be talking about is an award-winning radio personality. She has over two decades of experience and she has raised over $18 million for nonprofit organizations and for private companies all through fundraising, much of that via the radio waves like we're listening to right now. And I'm very uh, blessed and excited because I have been a part of that. I've actually helped over the last several years uh, working with my guest, Christine Blasdale, to help raise funds for nonprofits. And I am so excited to finally connect and flip the script and have her on my show because I've been with her so many times. Christine, are you there, mate? Yes, I am, mate. I, <laughs> I got to tell you, Matt, it's, it's, it's a thrill. It's actually a, a real thrill to be interviewed because I'm so used to interviewing you and other people. It's really wonderful to be the interviewee. So thank you so much for having me on your show. I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, now, well, like I said, I get to flip the script. And I've been excited about this. Since we've planned this for a few months now. And uh, yeah, it's going to be a blast for me. So let me ask you, put you in the hot seat. And the first thing I want to actually get into, you know, this is people listening to The Driven Entrepreneur. They want to know about your backstory. And, I, you know, it's funny, like, as long as I've known you and I know a bit of your story, I don't really know this part. How old were you and when you first started deciding to get into the media side of life? Is this something that like back in college, you were like super interested in it? Is it a family deal? Or do you have one of those stumbling into it stories because that's just what happened? Tell me, how did you get into radio and what was that about? You know what? I, my love affair with the voice and, and audio happened at a really young age. I was probably nine or 10 years old. And you know how some kids went at a Christmas morning when they see a bike 
<laughs> you know, underneath the tree. They're very excited. It, that wasn't me. It was um, my mother had gotten me a Panasonic cassette recorder. And I thought it was the best thing in the entire world because it allowed me the opportunity. My mom worked really late at night and uh, I would go to sleep, you know, without her there, but I would leave messages and stories and I, I pretended like I was Christopher Robin, but Christine Robin, right? And so I would use that as a tool to communicate with my mom, but I found that I really loved it. And I loved radio. Back in those days, we had the little transistor radios and I would hold it close to my ear and put it on my, you know, tape it on my bike. And I just loved the whole medium of the voice and stories and telling stories. And as I know, you know, that the, the, that's how we communicate as human beings is through our stories. And so I never knew that I was going to be in radio. I never knew that I'd be a podcast, uh, you know, coach or have my own show or anything like that. But I went to school and I was actually wanted to be a teacher. And then I found out as I graduated, how much teachers are paid. (laughs) You know, I I had a very similar experience with the ice cream man uh, industry. Because when I was a kid, I wanted to be, some people heard this story, but I wanted to be an ice cream man. I wrote a note saying, I'm going to run away from home to do this. And then you find out, wait, that's actually not a great job. And you hear and that the, one song over and over and over again, that will make drive you. Drive me, yes. But I, I did yeah. think the same thing for teaching as I got into really loving, like the idea of teaching people and, and even therapy I explored, you know, thinking about, should I do that? But same thing. It's like, gosh, do I want to be in a system that I can't control? And do I want to make, you know, whatever, you know, $21,000 a year or whatever the district is. But so it sounds like you had a pretty similar experience with that. Yes. Yes. And I, cause I knew I wanted to, isn't that interesting? Cause I knew I wanted to teach and, and what I do is teaching uh, if it's on air, you know, communicating with an audience of thousands of people uh, explaining who my guest is and why they need to, you know, why my listeners need to listen to my, you know, my special guest. But I knew that I wanted to teach. And then after I saw that, yeah, the, the pay scale, but also the first year, first two years, they send you to some places that are not, you know, uh, th- that are usually far away. And it, just the whole idea just to me sounded crazy. So I did some other things getting out of college uh, to survive and, uh, and very entrepreneurial. You'd, you'd appreciate this. I made, because they, there wasn't a job out there that, that fit me, I made my own businesses. So I created a, uh, I, I first started out as a fitness instructor. You know, I watched somebody do an aerobics class and I said, I could do that. And I just <laughs> taught myself, I taught myself how to do it. This was, you Such know, an entrepreneur. 80s. Yeah. And this is in the eighties, you know, and so you could go into an aerobics studio or a, a gym and go, Hey, yeah, I, I, you know, I teach and you just show them how you you know do stuff. And so, <laughs> so I was starting off doing that. And then I realized very quickly that I could have my own clients. Um, and people will pay you to actually go to their home and, you know, uh, work them out. And I just kept upgrading, you know, I kept expanding what I was doing and I created a smart bar instead of an alcoholic bar. It was, you know, with herbal tinctures and I just did so many different businesses. And then. Well, you actually ran like a a holistic drink bar. Yes. Yes. Where was that? In LA? In San Diego. No, that was in San Diego. That sounds about right. I went to college in San Diego and I'm so grateful that I did because San Diego in the eighties and nineties was awesome. (laughs) Let's just say it was awesome. But uh, I found that I still wanted to communicate. 
uh, more, you know, widely. And I, I actually began writing and doing reviews on just doing reviews on music and movies and things like that. And I got a gig with uh, America, this little place called American online. America online was, as you know, that. Yes. It was the beginning. Um, And I can't believe it. I got such an amazing gig. I was an entertainment writer and I had a day, a column called the daily fix. And I wrote through a cartoon character because I didn't want to write through Christine Blasdale. Who cares about Christine Blasdale, but beatbox Betty. Oh my goodness. This cartoon character was so sexy and so vampy and she had a martini glass in her hand and I could be honest and do honest movie reviews and things like that. Well, when you have a credential of AOL and you go to a, a studio, you know, a press, uh, the publicity department of a studio, they're like, yes, you, sh- you can come to our premiere, you can do our press junkets. So I got to interview a lot of celebrities and I did it all through this cartoon character. Well, it was very popular. Now, did, and, you do, did you do interviews in person? So you go to these press junkets and do that? Yes. And, and if you did, did you dress like beatbox Betty? No, no. She sounds hot. No. <laughs> if anyone who knows you went me as you. knows that I'm the complete opposite of Betty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, a, the complete opposite. But she would ask those irreverent questions that, you know, most of the serious journalists in the room, you know, wouldn't ask. But uh, it became extremely popular. And then AOL did that thing where they stopped uh, having the commu- people who are actually in those positions and doing those things. They just kind of got rid of everybody and they went the corporate route, right? So just pushing, it's all, it was, it just changed. Time Warner bought it and all that oh, yeah. stuff yep. happened. So uh, right around that time though, 9-11 happened. And as with so many people, when 9-11 happened, I stopped and I said, who cares what Britney Spears is wearing? Who cares who Angelina Jolie is dating? This is, you know, that moment really changed my life where I questioned what I was doing. I questioned what everybody else was doing and what we were focusing in on. And I was like, what is this thing called the Middle East? Why, why are there problems? And then I did my homework and I said, oh, I see why. I understand a bit more. But it was a radio station that I was listening to and it was so fresh and so unique and it was not a corporate run commercial uh, radio station. And so that was KPFK. And Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I, abs- I stumbled upon it. Pacifica radio. I stumbled upon one day and then I went into the office and I was so overwhelmed with how unique it was. I just said, can I walk around the, the station and just thank people? And the guy at the front desk, uh, Stephen, he's like, uh, okay. Yeah, I guess I you can. Yes. Yeah. And so I went around and I just thanked people. And there was someone there who said, what is, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, a martini, fitness instructor, uh, cartoon <laughs> <laughs> blogger for AOL. I don't know what yeah. I do exactly. You know what I do? I work at KPFK. So you stumbled yeah. into it. That's fascinating. So you stumbled into, yeah. and I think there's a lot of people can relate to that. And, and maybe, you know, if you, you know, listening to this, you should be thinking, are there these opportunities, right, Christine, that, that maybe there is a, hey, I heard this radio show. Why don't I go down there and just say hi or meet them? Or you get this favorite food from a store and you're like, why don't I, I should go to this, I should go meet the people or I should write a letter. And, and all of a sudden this is your dream place and you never knew it was going to happen. 
I also quickly, Anyways. before we move on, I, I wanted to say, I, I think how interesting is it that everything you want to do as an entrepreneur always had that principle of communication there somewhere, didn't it? Yes. Whether it's, you yeah. know, the, the bartender being your favorite therapist, or it's the aerobic instructor teaching and speaking, um, or of course, you know, with a communication company like AOL. And so tell me about this. So you walk into KPFK for the first day, and I know we've I've been into that station many, many times with you over the years. And I, I love it every time because again, it's just like you said, um, it's an independently run station. So it, you know, I've been to the iHeart studios in Burbank and done interviews there. And it's a very different vibe to say the least. And I thoroughly enjoy it. What was your first ex experience when you began to walk around and, and meet people? Well, I just, again, I, w I came from a place of gratefulness and, uh, and my, my, intu my intention was not to get a job there. Uh, it was actually just to, to, to say thank you. And as fate would have it, you know, someone said, you know, so what do you do? And I said, well, actually I'm a writer. Uh, I do entertainment writing, but I, I, I write in there and they were saying, oh, that's really interesting. You should consider, you know, volunteering because we could use help. And they had no writers. The radio station, as you know, has no writers. It has mostly hosts, uh, volunteer hosts and some paid staff. And so I said, oh, that's a, that's a good idea. That's a way for me to give back, right? So I just volunteered the first week, a couple hours writing copy. And I was not on air. And then all of a sudden someone left within those, you know, week or two. And they said, would you would you like to come on and be an assistant producer and help us write and get the guests? Cause I'm used to doing that. Right. I'm used to booking guests and, and interviewing and asking all the questions, but I still wasn't on mic. And then what happened was after volunteering, I got a, I got a paid gig there doing the, the writing. And as it happens, you know, it's like that thing when the star breaks her leg and the, you know, and the, the person who's doing the, uh, uh, the, the following of the script and everything. They're like, Hey, get on stage, kid. That's how it was. It was like, we need you to get on the, on the microphone. Cause our host is not available. And I got on and it was like, bam, as soon as that red light went on, I could feel it. And I loved, I loved the connection to people. It's a one way communication when you're doing a lot of times when you're doing a podcast show or you're doing a radio show you have, you might have a guest on, but you're really communicating to an audience that you don't see. And it's one of the most intimate art forms because it's all in your ears and you're imagining, right? You're using your imagination as this person talks, but most of it is people can feel your intention. And so it allowed me the opportunity to communicate. And instead of written, I got to communicate with my voice. And it was fantastic. And it just so happened that I was very, very successful at, um, at raising money for the station. And I can sell anything as long as I truly believe in it. And this is really important for entrepreneurs. If you're getting into a business just because you think you can make a lot of money, I would, I would have you just hold back and think about what you're really passionate about and what you truly believe in, because when you truly believe in something, if it's a service or a product or a book, anything like that, when you truly believe in it and you know it's going to help people, that has an energy of its own and it's so powerful. Um, and it also keeps your integrity uh, in check. And that's one thing I can say for the last 20 years, my integrity has been 
extremely high because I do not talk about or offer or bring guests on that I don't believe are going to really help a lot of people. And that goes back to my teaching moment, right? That goes back to wanting to help people and educate them on ways that they can have a better life. It's uh, first off, thank you. Um, <laughs> it's so good to hear that. And like, I know that about you and not every guest I have, and I'm sure same with you, right? Not every guest that comes on the radio or on your podcast, do you know really well? Sometimes you just meet someone, you get an introduction. Oh, this is going to be great. And other times you know someone really well, but it is so nice to hear that side of um, the integrity of what you're bringing, the intimacy of the relationship. Because I think it is easy in the radio world to feel like I'm talking to the quote masses, right? It's like, oh yeah, you're just out. It's me broadcasting a message and who knows who picks it up. But you have never taken that role. You always, you see the intimacy of, of the real connection and what you're bringing. And these are real people's lives. And I know you've brought the same thing from radio into your podcast also. So I know you've been doing the out of the box podcast with Christine for some years. Um, that's, you know, and I've been on that show. So definitely go in the archives, guys, check out out of the box yes. with Christine, yes. search for Matt Browning, and maybe that's your first episode. And then you can move on and get all the rest of the amazing episodes. Just a little cheap plug for us there. <laughs> um, it, <laughs> when when did podcasting come onto your radar? I mean, you know, you could art, you know, we, we, and we have fun. We've both been to our friend, Steve Ulcher's new media summit, which is podcast centric. And you were named an icon of influence um, among many greats. You know, I'm honored to include myself in that list as well, along with many, many other people that are doing incredible things in the world. Um, when we were there and we're having this podcast conversation, you could argue when did it start and what was the first podcast and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But when did you really first kind of move from like the radio world to go, you know, podcasting is something and I want to jump into it and why? Oh, it's, it's really simple. Basically because my day job, my, my job at a radio station, like uh, with Pacifica network is to go on air and to raise as much money as I can. And that through fun drive shows through basically for people who don't understand, it's kind of like, it's like PBS it, on the radio. Yes. It's like P, it's a PBS model or the, like, basically I am your progressive QVC host kind of thing, right? Home shopping network, <laughs> yeah. but home shopping network for not just for, you know, crap, but for like things that really enhance our lives. So that's my job job. And I wanted a format that I could, speak to master teachers and people that I really love, I admire and get their voices out over the airwaves without having to do a pitch, without having to raise money and uh, just have a conversation and, and, and help people, you know, throughout. And the programming, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't do an interview with a master narcissist during a fun drive show and raise much money, but I can do that as a podcast host. Right, because who's going to donate to that? But it's a fascinating conversation and a ton to learn. That was actually one of your most popular show. Yeah, it, your most popular show. That's right. Yeah, Every time the, I search for interview, you, that pops up in, in yes. uh, YouTube everywhere and podcasts. And I'll tell you, for the for people who are thinking about becoming a podcaster, you you have to realize when I first started too, I had I had horrible equipment. I think I had a microphone and I had a speaker, and I was I I was basically from this from the speaker, the sound, I would be, you know, putting the microphone next to the speaker. It was horrible sound. The interview with the master narcissist was one of my very first shows. He did not want to go. Well, there was, we, there wasn't like a video thing. 
he wasn't going to be on video. He didn't want to be, you know, shown. So it was just a slideshow. And that podcast show, I turned it into a video, just slides and horrible wow. audio. Okay. But it was such a powerful show. I have well over, I have close to 300,000 views on YouTube from that, that from horrible sounding show. <laughs> But it's certainly an interesting topic. And, and I want to talk about that a little bit with you, if we can kind of break into, now that we know a little bit of like the background, your heart for the space, um, I want to get into a little bit of the, the tips for us. So all of the entrepreneurs out in the world, everyone that we're listening right now, we all have different styles of businesses. Some are in the expert business, some are brick and mortar, some are services, some are, you know, in the venture capital world, et cetera. Um, for you, when you think about someone using and jumping onto podcasting and getting onto the radio, what are, I guess, first off, what are some reasons why you should try to dive into it? Um, and what are the differences between, I'm going to give you a lot of questions right now, Christine, you just break it down however the heck you want. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. But I guess what I'm trying to ask is, uh, in an awkward roundabout way, I think there's a lot of traditional quote unquote PR and PR companies. And it's like, oh, we're going to get your radio interviews and we're going to get publicity and all these terms. But when in the podcast world, you can be a lot more intentional and directional and um, action oriented as well. Like the listener can go take action. What do you recommend as far as like PR goes, publicity goes for most smaller business owners, entrepreneurs, is podcasting a route that you see? I know I believe in that. No, I know you do too. But why and where does radio fit today, if at all, in that podcast mm -hmm. conversation? Does that make sense at all? Yeah. I, I, I think what's happening is that as a society, we are turning off our televisions. And in many respects, we're also turning off the radio. Um, we now have the ability to seek out the education or the information or the entertainment that we resonate with. So that's why YouTube, I mean, it's the second largest search engine in the world and it's owned by the first largest search engine in the world. Everybody is going to YouTube. People are going to podcasting because again, they're seeking out the, the information and the entertainment that they want. You know, some people are into true crime, you know, dramas and things a like that. A ton of people. You just say, you, you know how, how true crime Oh, that's crime one of the biggest, yeah, one of the Huge. biggest categories. Huge. But what I, what I encourage anyone who's an entrepreneur, I really, I, I think you should really consider doing podcasting. And when I talk about podcasting, um, all of my clients, I never, ever have them just do an audio podcast what we do is it's an audio and a video uh, podcast. You want to call it a, a vodcast or a vlog cast because you want it to, you want to repurpose your audio podcast, which of course goes to Spotify and iHeartRadio and uh, Apple podcasts. And now of course, Amazon is in the game because they oh, yeah. know how much money is involved. Right. But you not only want to do your audio, but you want to repurpose it for video and do it on YouTube because that is where you're going to reach people. My little interview with a vampire, interview, excuse me, interview with a narcissist. <laughs> that was a, that was a not so Freudian slip <sighs> interview with the master narcissist. It got a lot of listens and it still does on the audio podcast platforms. Okay. But nothing like YouTube, nothing, nothing like, YouTube. like YouTube, because that is where people are going. YouTube is our modern day library. 
People are going to that place to find out how to fix things, how to survive a narcissist relationship, how to lose 10 pounds, how to, you know, how to install a software on their computer. They're going there. So that's what I do with all of my clients. And if you are an entrepreneur, you really want to consider um, creating your own podcast show. And of course, I always give warnings to people. Do not make it an infomercial about you and your no. business. You will drive people. People will run away screaming if they can feel that it is a salesy, you know, promotional infomercial for you. That's not what people are going to tune in for. You can, of course, of course, you can insert, you know, by the way, I happen to be a, a, a coach and you can give me a call at blah, 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 blah at the end of your show. Or, but it's got to you know, be a, the, a plug. It's got to be something that's just almost casual in a way, isn't it? Yes. Well, and you can give directives to your audience. You know, you can do uh, take an action. You know, you know, if you if you like what you're hearing and you want to hear more, go to this website. Or uh, if you want to be someone who works with me one on one, I do coaching. I do whatever it is. Um, you can promote that, but you don't make the show all about you and your business. I, that's the first thing I'll listen to. I'll listen to newbie podcasters and the first 10 minutes of a show is all about them. And they're, and I'm like, not nope, by gone. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, it really is that way. And I remember like, for me, I got introduced, um, a guy I was doing a lot of business with was he wanted me to do a podcast. Oh, we should totally do this. And I, you know, so I have online courses and he was saying we should do webinars. And then he put podcasts kind of in that same area in like 2011 and I thought, man, I just, I don't know if I want to do that. If it felt to me back, you know, almost 10 years ago, it felt like doing a webinar, but you got to do it every single week custom and without any of the direct, you know, go here results. The reality was it's night and day difference. They have nothing to do with each other. And as a business, and look, and I agree with you, Christine, I don't care if you have an automotive business, if you have a nail salon, if you're a coach, if you're a best-selling author, if you sell printers, why in the world wouldn't you have a podcast talking about having conversations, educating around that industry? And is, is that, so that's kind of your advice. And I know you have, yeah, to share your expertise is really extremely important. And to realize that there's an audience. A lot of people say, well, who am I to have a podcast show? I'm just a, you know, a single um, mother of two. And, and, you know, I'm having, I'm, I'm trying to raise, kids in a really rough time right now. Oh, hello. There's millions and millions of women um, and millions of parents, single parents who can relate to that. And they need that. It's, it's, it's somewhat, it's about being a bit of support for people, but it's also about encouraging them and saying, you know what, you're not alone. And here's some tools. Here's some coping mechanisms. Here's some things. And sometimes it's just humor. You know, some of the most popular podcasts are comedy podcasts because people need that release as well. So there's so many different genres that you can do. You can, there's sports and uh, uh, of of course people who are into, um, you know, veganism and, and people with disabilities or differently abled, I'd like to say Um, there is a great need. There's millions and millions. It's like 65 million people that are listening to podcasts. And so chances are there's an audience that is, is really looking for something that uh, many of your listeners, many of the entrepreneurs have to offer, but we're just, you and I are just both, both kind of cautioning them. 
just make it entertaining, educational, inspirational, motivational, but don't make it an infomercial about you or else you're just going to have very few people listening. Well, you know, what's great too, when you say that, uh, Christine, is that it takes the pressure off. Like for me, I feel like if I was brand new going, I haven't done any of this yet. Oh, I know I should do a podcast. I should get out there. I should quote, get out there more. And when you realize you don't have to make it an an infomercial because nobody wants that, it takes the pressure off. Like, what are some of the most enjoyable ones? Look at a Joe Rogan, you know, the number one podcast in the world. And he just spends three hours just BSing and talking with people about whatever they want to talk about. And, and that's it. And people genuinely love real conversation. I know you get into that in a lot more. I want to make sure we have time. Speaking of plugs for your book, um, oh, you have the yes. international oh, yes. bestselling <laughs> book, uh, your amazing itty bitty podcast book. And well, and the subtitle is the top 15 reasons why you need to tap into the power and profits of podcasting. So any entrepreneur uh, should jump into in some way. And look, even if it's getting on podcasts, that's a great way to start. I always give that advice. I know you do too, Christine. Get on shows, get into the medium, start playing with it and have fun. And then if you really like it, you might just actually launch one for your brand. But what I love, and I want to get into what your book is, the itty bitty book, and I know your publisher, she's also a, a dear friend, has, has published many of our friends and contemporaries books. Itty bitty uh, publishing books are essentially, how, how does she describe that? It's like the, you, you highlight all like the great parts in your long books. These books are the highlights. So it's just 15 super short, easy to read chapters. You can read it wherever you want, maybe in the bathroom, what have you. Um, it's a great book to pick up and you can grab more and find out at itty bitty podcastbook.com. And you can grab Christine's book. I know there's a pretty significant discount right now. I think it's, it's like $2.99 for the ebook. And it's uh, cheap. Yeah, it's cheap. You know, it's only $6.99. I think yes. For for and, and, and I'm happy to say that it's um, an Amazon international. It's a number one bestseller. And that is in um, the United States and also uh, here in Australia. So I'm very, very proud of it. And I encourage people, the, the reason why they want to pick up the book too, is uh, n- not only if they're considering uh, having their own podcast show, if they're an entrepreneur and they want to get, expand their business, expand their business through having a podcast show slash YouTube channel, they want to get it. But more importantly, if you're an entrepreneur and you want to be a guest on a show, and if you are an entrepreneur, you should want to get, be a guest on thousands of shows. It's free marketing, it's great exposure, and you never know who's listening. So the book also talks about that and gives resources on how you can be a guest on a show as well. That's outstanding. And again, I think that's something that everyone should, should uh, be looking at doing, you know, and it's not when you're ready. Um, there's something about podcasting. To me, I think it's unique. Could you speak a little bit to the difference between um, Instagram videos, Facebook lives, TV commercials? I, I feel like a lot of that medium falls into one category in my mind which is the interruption marketing, right? So it's, you know, if you're going to do a Facebook video, the first three seconds, do something interesting and capture them. And you're doing this, someone's already scrolling and they don't know what they're looking for. And you're trying to stop them in their tracks, like a billboard. But in the podcast world, and to an extent to the YouTube world, a lot of times it's people going there seeking, whether it's entertainment or education or mentoring or whatever it is. I I remodeled our entire bathroom myself and I can, I can barely even flip a light switch on, you know? And I did all of it through YouTube, like so many DIYers right now. 
Um, can you speak to the difference between, again, that is the interruption marketing, get them in the first three seconds versus a podcast where you have a long form conversation. People come in and they sit in for the duration, you know, a really high percentage of people. I think it's up to 80% of people say they listen to most or all of a podcast episode. They don't just scroll for a couple minutes at a time. No, it's an investment. You see, there's something that's extremely valuable to us right now, and that's time. And that's why um, our, our attention span, though, is getting shorter and shorter as human beings, right? It, it just is because there's so much going on. We, for the first time in human history, have not only access to so much information, but we're being bombarded by so much information constantly more than we've ever been able to handle. You know, uh, 50, 100 years ago, I would never know what's going on the other side of the planet. Um, Because because our little world, our little hamlet, our little community is really all we see, right? But now we're connected on a much greater scale. So our attention span has has shrunk quite a bit. The thing is uh, about uh, podcasting in general is that you you still do need to draw people in in the beginning of your podcast. That's why I say, don't go rambling on a long introduction and talk about yourself, get to the meat and potatoes, you know, right away. But the beautiful thing, Matt, is that with podcasting, you could do a long format, an hour show if you wanted to, you could do a 30 minute show. But now, um, and I'm experimenting with this now and I'm teaching my clients now to do these micro podcasts. It's five minutes or less, five minutes. Everybody has five minutes. And so they're really short podcast shows that get right to what you want to teach, what you want to educate or motivate. And those are becoming more and more popular because people will have five minutes. They may not have an hour, but by golly, they got five minutes that they can spend with you. And um, it's really amazing, the popularity. I encourage everybody um, to consider if they're getting into podcasting to even start off as a micro podcast and then expand if they want to. Micro podcast. And then I'm assuming that when you think about doing a five minute or under show, um, one of the questions I get a lot, and I'm sure you do as well from your podcast coaching clients is how, not just how long should it be? And that's a silly question, right? I mean, it's not, but it is because in one way you go, well, it could be five minutes. It could be a daily one minute gratitude podcast and you do seven days a week for one minute. Or you could do a Joe Rogan where you're doing three, four hours and people are, are it's the number one show. So what's the right... I don't think there's a right duration. It depends on what you're trying to create. What about the number of times, uh, daily, weekly, et cetera? Is that the same kind of a question to you? Have I you get found that. a pattern that's yeah. good? Oh, I get that a lot because the clients that I coach, they all have different time frames. They all have different amounts of, of uh, available time. If you are going to start a podcast, if you're considering this, just think about it. It's like, a, it's like getting a, a new puppy. You can't just you know, say I've got a podcast show, throw up an episode. And then like, you know, four months later, throw up a second episode. You do need to have a bit of consistency. That's why I always tell people, be aware of how much, when I first started, Matt, I did the silly, silly thing about saying in the introduction, uh, out of the box with Christine, uh, each and every week, we're going to be bringing you, right? I said each and every week. And so for the first year I had to every single week, each and every week, do a new show that meant researching, finding the guests, communicating with the guests, rec- getting the recording down, uh, editing, promotion, blah, blah, every single week on top of having a day job. Well, that was a lot. 
And so now I've pulled back and I say, I don't say each and every week. Um, I do try and make sure that it, at least uh, every other week that I have a new show uh, that's out for people, but it's, it's all based on how much time you can invest in it. You know, if, if, if an hour every single week is too much for you, pull back, do, do a half hour show or do it every other week. The thing is, is that you don't want to burn out. And that's no, what some, some pod newbie burn, podcasters. Pod yeah. Pod burn. <laughs> pod burn. I hate getting pod burn. You know, it's like, there's no tablet for that. You can't take anything for it, but it's true. No. You, what do you think about this, Christian? This is the metaphor I use a lot is when we're talking about launching a show or should you do that? I think it's a lot like getting pregnant. It can be really exciting to get pregnant, but a podcast is much more like a child where like, say for a book, right? You write your book and you wrote your itty bitty podcasting book. It's incredible. You go through the, the gestation process and then you birth the book and then it's like the book's done, right? And you market it and so forth. But a podcast is like, well, now you got a baby, now what? And you got to raise the sucker. And if you're not in love with raising your podcast for hopefully years to come, you know, I mean, Lewis Howe's one of the... You know, the show of greatness, one of the, um, the bigger podcasts out there in the self growth world too. You know, he, he, he'll say directly, if you're not in love with the idea of doing a podcast five years from now, don't start it. What do you yes. say to something like that? Is that, are you in the same vein? It's like, you got to really be in it and, and committed and decided, or do you have a kind of a different take on it? Well, I, tr I try and, and, when I'm, when I'm coaching people, my, my idea is to find out what they're, cause everybody's different. Everybody has a different brand or an expertise and some people, it is only going to be for a season. I have some clients that are doing a podcast show, not just for the sake of doing a show, but they want to do a book. And sure. so each chapter of their book is a new episode of their podcast show. And so they have an end products in mind and end result, right? So they're not going to go on and on for years and years. They just want to get that book on that particular, you know, uh, subject matter, which I think is actually brilliant. It's a great, it's a great marketing tool as well. So um, I always, I try and when I work with people too, is I work with more entrepreneurs who are trying to use their podcast as a business builder. So I work with them on imagining that podcast show as being part of a course something that you can later repurpose, repurpose it into a book, repurpose it into a part of your uh, training course or seminar, repurpose, repurpose, repurpose. And when you have that, it actually helps with the longevity. You're more excited about doing the shows because you know that you can, it's not just a one-off and it's out into the ethers. You're going to be able to reuse that program um, for other purposes. That is really good. Well, Christine, I know as we kind of wind down here, we're um, always, always looking for time. And just like when we're on your show, uh, it goes by so fast, doesn't it? And I, I've really enjoyed this. Of course, I hope everyone else has as well. Um, so Christine, I'm going to leave it with where do we want to find out more about you? What is the number one thing that we should do? If, if podcasting is an interesting conversation for you and you're obviously listening to a show, but you're thinking you might want to do something and you want to connect with Christine, what's the best way to follow you and connect with you? Well, I would love to uh, to let your wonderful listeners know that if they're interested in, in having a conversation with me, I will gladly give them a complimentary strategy session where we work one-on-one -on -one and I find out more about what they're doing, what their business is, and how... One of my favorite things is to help people create the names of their podcast shows and get their website and all that stuff. So 
if people would be interested in, in doing that, they can contact me at christineblosdale.com. That's my website. There's a contact me button there. That's the best way. And you can see testimonials from people that I've worked with, but that's the best way to reach me, christineblosdale.com. And just say that they would like to have a, a strategy session. It's my gift to you, the wonderful listeners of Matt's show. And um, we got to get more people out there to share their gifts, share their passions and their expertise with the world. We've got to get them out more. there. And hey, and make sure, of course, um, as whether that's the first step or the first step is head over to ittybittypodcastbook.com and grab Christine's book, check it out. There is, I mean, no shortage of testimonials and five-star reviews. I mean, I, I'm still scrolling. I've been scrolling the whole time we've been talking almost. <laughs> and It's always and, uh, nice when you have good reviews. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and, and they're all on there. And we have, you know, here, Craig Deswall, Axel Rose's former tour manager, and he's a good friend of ours. Um, he's giving you five-star reviews. Tracy in Australia is giving you five-star reviews. It is all over the place. So get it, check it out. And then of course, check out your podcast. Um, out of the box with Christine, still a great show. Phenomenal. Every archive show is available. So that's a good thing to you. Christine, thank you for stopping by. Thank you for waking up so early, uh, all the way from down under to come down and be a part of this together. Thank you, it's my friend. It's been my absolute pleasure. And I'm so happy that the roles have been reversed and, and I got to be interviewed by you, my dear, dear friend, Matt Browning. Thank you so much, love. Flip the script. Thanks, Christine. Flip it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That's the show for this week. And that was my friend, Christine Blasdale, coming in from Australia of all places, a place I've spent a lot of years touring and speaking and working there and just having a blast. Um, so, and I know we have listeners in Australia, so shout out to every single one of you. Um, Go check out christineblasdale.com. Check out ittybittypodcastbook.com. Get Christine's book and just connect with her. She's a, a down-to-earth, real, genuine human being. And you will be so glad you did. When you message her, she'll actually reply, believe it or not. So um, stay connected. And of course, stay driven. That's the new tagline, isn't it? It sure is. See you next week with another driven entrepreneur. Bye-bye. <laughs>